This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, Nate. Hi, Joanna. This is Stranger Than. And here we are again, delving into the unsolved, the mysterious, the misunderstood, the creepy, and in this case, the ocean. Mm-hmm. The ocean is full of some strange things, that's for sure. Indeed. Many strange things. Many lost things. Many scary things. Scary things. Unknown things? Did we say that already? I don't know. Yeah. Even <laughs> if we did, we got to double that one up. Yes, there is a lot of unknown in the ocean. Yes. And this is sort of our Shark Week episode, I guess. Yeah. Shark Week. Woo! I think we missed Shark Week by a couple of weeks, but it was just recently Shark Week. The season of shark. It's shark season. It is because yeah. it's summertime. People are out in the water. And Shark Week aired in the relatively recent past. Mm-hmm. Sharks are hunting and traveling a lot, though, in the summertime. It's always summer somewhere. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely true. Yes. A lot of stuff happens down in Australia while we are experiencing winter. They, in fact, are experiencing summer. That's right. Well, why don't you start us off, Joanna? Okay, well, I'm going to start off with the story of the real Jaws, so the to speak. real Jaws. The... 1916 incident that inspired, I don't know if inspired the book Jaws, but, and the movie was made from the book, but half the time everyone's like, it inspired the movie Jaws, so. Maybe just because more people are aware that it's a movie. Yeah, I actually didn't know it was a book until I started doing this, or maybe I had learned that a long time ago and forgot that it was. Yeah, I actually didn't know or had forgotten until just now, so. Mm-hmm. Great fucking movie. Oh, yeah. I, I watched that in the relatively recent past, and it, it stood up. Oh, yeah. It's, it's still so really good. good. It's so good. I don't know about the second, third, or isn't even there a fourth? I don't know. I imagine at this point there is. I think there's a fourth, and I think they stopped because it was ridiculous. Well, that's what happens with sequels a lot of times. Yes. Yes, indeed. You gotta really be careful when it comes to sequels, because most of the time they're just shit. The only time sequels really work is when you're following like a book, like you're doing Harry Potter style. There you go. It's an established story. Mm-hmm. Not just like, what can we build up off of this first success? July 1st, 1916. Beach Haven, New Jersey. The Northeast was experiencing an extreme heat wave. More heat than usual for that part of the country, which is already, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there were polio outbreaks going on. Oh, lovely. That's Which was just what happened great. in 1916. Yeah. So the tourism was a little higher than usual. number of people going seeking 
some time away on the Jersey Shore. The, the nice sea in, air helps out. Yeah, and a little sea air, a little fun in the sun, some cooling off in the ocean, because obviously air conditioning was like a thing that did not exist. No. You had natural means of cooling down, and that was about it. The day was like any other of the summer season, with hundreds of people laying in the sand and swimming in the ocean. But soon it would take a horrifying turn. Late in the afternoon, Charles Van Sant, age 25, was out swimming when he began shouting. At first, people thought he was shouting to a dog that he had kind of befriended on the beach and who was now out swimming with him. Right. The onlookers soon realized that he was shouting because a shark was eating his fucking leg. Oh, yeah, that, I think I'd shout about something then, too. Lifeguard Alexander Ott pulled him from the water along with a bystander named Sheridan Taylor. Taylor stated that the shark actually followed them as they dragged Van Sant to shore. What badass is to go out there and drag this guy back in? Well, this was the first ever recorded death by shark attack in the U.S. How absolutely terrifying. So this was like a thing that people thought actually could not happen. Sharks don't attack people. Right. That was actually the thought at the time. As it turns out. Yeah, they do. They, they do, do, in fact, <laughs> attack people and are capable of killing them. Oh, quite capable. Van Zant was still alive when they pulled him from the water, but he was bleeding profusely, having most of the flesh on his thigh torn away. Oh, yeah, that's there's an artery in there, too. Oh, yeah, your femoral artery. Yeah. With no means of getting him to a hospital quickly, he was laid out on the manager's desk of the nearby Ingleside Hotel. Well... He just... Fuck. Yeah, well, Auten, another... And a doctor who happened to be there tried to stop the bleeding, which, of course... Didn't work, so... No. He died from his injuries around 6.45 p.m. As we were saying, yeah, 1916, people were a little bit ignorant as to how sharks behaved and what they were capable of doing. Yes. They didn't really even have sanitation and medicine back then, did they? They were just barely getting... Getting their toe in the water. <laughs> they just started to dip their toe in the water of modern medicine. Yeah, they they were using morphine, but you still bit down on leather and got sewn shut. Or in this case, maybe could have saved him with a blood transfusion. Oh, and yeah. And had the opportunity to do some actual surgery that they could do at the time. But they didn't really start doing blood transfusions until after World War One. They, oh, yeah. they kind of had the opportunity to perfect the technique a little bit better when they were just having to treat, you know, thousands of men dying and stuff. They had plenty of people that they could humanely guinea pig, pretty mm, much. Exactly. I mean, I think that's how a lot of advancements in modern medicine were actually made. Well, they're going to die anyway, so let's do what we can. And no one's going to fault us for it, because that would be stupid. That would be stupid, especially since it does save lives in yes. the long run. Yes. And some chance is better than no chance. And if you get shot and you're laying in the dirt and no one does anything, you've got no chance. The beliefs held at the time, even by those who were considered to be authorities on fish and ocean animals, 
I thought that not only would a shark not want to bite a human, but also that it, it could not. Could not. Bite a human either. Not to do, like, significant damage. It only could kill other animals. They knew sharks hunted other marine animals. Yes. But... I mean, did they, they thought, I don't know, maybe, I mean, I guess maybe they're in the, the phase where they still think, like, humans are kind of, like, above other things. I don't know. Well, it can't hurt a person. That seems like, I don't, I don't know. yeah, a, a weird, look. oh, they they can't, they can't, like, they physically can't actually it's like bite the human they can kill a them. seal in the open sea, they can probably kill a person. Yeah, so a sea lion that weighs 600 pounds. Right, I know. They can kill one of those, but they can't kill a human that weighs 160 pounds. At best. Huh. How's that? <laughs> exactly. Doesn't make much sense. This is listed as the very first shark attack fatality ever in the U.S. Yeah. They had to put it down, but they were reluctant about listing it as that, even because they were convinced that the shark had gone and was going after the dog. Oh, And not right. Charles. Right, like no, the, the, Charles has gotten the way of the hit between the dog and yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That is how deeply rooted their belief was. That that's just so dumb. I don't know. It's, people believe dumb things. It's true. It takes a long. I mean, look at how many people still believe stupid things. <laughs> okay, that's. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, I guess maybe when it's the leading authorities believe that to be 100 percent true yeah i mean when the that, that's the, the part about i guess that makes it like a little like hmm whenever i hear about like different scientists like having feuds about weird little things like like that like you know oh uh, they won't attack people and then there's a few that are like oh they will attack people and they get in this feud and they just gets all like uppity about the whole thing and then like no one actually finds out what actually gets what actually happens because one side is too busy refuting the other and the other's too busy talking about that first thing they're so busy arguing about it nobody actually yeah yeah it just seems seems ridiculous it is pretty ridiculous well they have big egos okay i guess they don't want some other fucking scientist telling them that they're not correct right even though you've got Something still, I mean, the easiest possible thing is the shark was going for the person. Not that the shark was going for the animal and the person got in the way. Sharks only like animals. Yeah, meh. Fair enough. That was the idea. Yeah. Well, five days later, it happened again. July 6, 1916. The second attack occurs in Spring Lake, New Jersey. 45 miles, which is 72 kilometers north of Beach Haven. So we go up the coast, 45 miles, 72 kilometers. Sharks Sharks don't attack attack people. people. Well, they're going to have to eat their words at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Like Beach Haven and other resorts along the New Jersey coast, the beach is filled with residents and tourists all looking for relief from the boiling hot sun yeah charles bruder age 27 wait charles what was the other guy's name charles 
Okay, carry on. <laughs> I just wanted Charles to be, Van Zand. <laughs> I just wanted to be be certain. It was that a I, popular name at the time. I've, yeah, I guess it's still kind of a popular name. You got a brother that's Charles. I do have a Charles in my family. I used to work with a dude named Charles. It's a classic name. It's been it around is. for a long. It's been around for a long time. It is. It's one of those like OG king names. There were a lot of King Charles. Yes, mm-hmm. there were. Not as many as you know, like Edwards and Richards and stuff, but. Charles is up there. Yeah. He worked at the hotel, the local resort hotel, the Essex and Sussex oh. hotel. And he was Captain Bellhop. So he was like a bellboy, but I guess maybe he was like the, the head lead. bellboy. Yeah. He was a bellman. <laughs> <laughs> he was out enjoying a vigorous swim about 400 feet or 122 meters from the shore. So he was quite Not a ways far. out. Oh, was that, is that a, was that a ways 400 out? feet. That's pretty far. Okay. If you're out in the ocean, I guess so. Like yeah, it gets deep. I mean, I, I quick. sure. I I believe you. I don't. I don't really have unless it's much like, experience. Unless it's low tide. Yeah. But he was like swimming, swimming. Yeah. Because he was actually because really... he's a bell man, so he could swim <laughs> like a motherfucker. He was a really experienced swimmer. Yeah. So he was he was a lot further out than most people were, because in 1916 this was kind of a new thing that they were doing, going out in the ocean. Yeah. Being able to wear stuff that showed women's ankles and having order to swim. free time, I guess, probably too. You, a lot of people in these coastal areas were able to. They making enough money that they they could leisure sometimes. Leisure time was definitely starting to be a thing yeah. that people did, but most people still didn't know how to swim. Yeah, so they would have like a rope leading out from the beach that people could like hang on and like kind of wade out and Ugh, hold on to so the rope funny. well there's a tide too and those oh, yeah. tides can be strong that's so true. you that's don't true. want it sucking you out to where your feet aren't on the ground anymore if you can't swim yeah no you don't not unless you got a hold of that rope that's no. actually i mean i guess that's a pretty good idea sure so it's you just hang, funny you hang on to that rope but charles Bruder didn't need no fucking rope no he was because a he was an fool. excellent swimmer yeah well soon the air is filled with his screams. A couple of women hear and alert the lifeguards. Chris Anderson and George White immediately scramble to a rowboat and start just rowing as fast as they fucking can to get out to him. Yeah. As they're rowing out to him, the water starts to turn red. Oh, shit. With Bruder's blood. Yeah. They reach him and pull him from the water into the boat. But he dies before the boat can even make it back to the beach. Oh, I believe that, yeah. Both of his legs have been bitten off. Oh, fuck. Yeah, there's not... You don't come back from that. Even today, I don't think that they could get you from the from the shark to the shore fast enough for you to live. Maybe if they have something with them to like apply tourniquets a tourniquet. or something, maybe, yeah, but... If you can man. get a tourniquet on, you could probably live. Yeah. By today's standards. Yeah, maybe, but man, dicey. It is still dicey. That's two fucking, that's two major arteries pumping blood out (laughs) with every heartbeat. Yeah. There goes all of the pressure in your body. Mm Mm-hmm. Pretty iffy. So, shark two, Charles zero. Seems that way. Yep. Shark's got two Charleses. One freak attack was one thing, but following the second attack... Panic begins. 
starts having an impact on the tourism. Oh, yeah. I mean, two could still be a, co- a coincidence. One was like never even heard of. And so five days later, it happens again. Still, it's only twice. Twice is a coincidence. Three times is what makes a pattern. Well, there's enough people who decided to... Oh, I wouldn't have gotten the fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say three times a pattern, but no, man, a coincidence is enough for me. Fuck that. Absolutely. Especially if I'm just dangling on a rope. I mean, I'm just basically a, a giant... It's a giant fishing pole and I'm the bait. Nah, not for me. Especially since it happened just 45 miles away five days later. Yeah. Yeah. Probably I would be speculating it's the same shark and it's like, where is he going to hit next? Who's he going to come eat next? Exactly. Even is it going to be not, me? Fuck no, it's not going to be me because I'm not getting in the fucking water. One, I mean, it's scary if it's one mad eating shark. It's scarier if you have two in a 45 mile radius. I think just it happening twice is scary enough. It's the whole thing. The whole thing. Definitely had an impact. I can, I can see that. Most of the towns along the coast start putting precautions into place to try and like stem the sudden loss of income. Oh, yeah. Due to people being like, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I think I'm going to go to the country instead of the ocean. Find a nice tree to sit under where I won't get eaten by a sea monster. I'll risk the bears. We're used to those. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the precautions that they put into place were um, metal nets. It's something that they actually use today in some of the beaches in Australia. They have, I don't know if they're metal, but they have barrier nets on the beach. Are they big enough that they don't catch? Oh, no, they catch stuff. It kind of sucks. There's a lot of people out there that think that they shouldn't Uh, have them up there. Yeah. Like, it killed, like, a baby dolphin. Yeah, I can see and, how that would be Yeah, a it thing. kills a lot of wildlife, and I don't agree with the nets. Yeah, I think that's sort of indiscriminate, too indiscriminate. I mean, you're solving a scalpel problem with a baseball bat. You're putting a Band-Aid on a ripped-off leg. Something. <laughs> a severed leg. Because the, the nets don't even go all the way to the top, either. And... <laughs> yeah, it's it's just something, I think, to make people give the people illusion of safety. Yeah, like, well, we're trying to do something, but yeah. Yeah, I think they shouldn't have those nets. I don't like little dolphins getting killed. Dolphins are great. Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, there's about as good as people, maybe a little bit better. Probably a lot better. Well, they also rape, so... Oh, do they? Are they rapey? Yeah. I didn't realize they were rapey. Yeah, dolphins rape. (laughs) So, (laughs) don't turn your back on a dolphin. (laughs) Roosters rape. Do they? Oh, yeah. Not people, but they rape chickens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big time. Fucking cocks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I caught that. In addition to the metal nets, I think it's because they didn't have, like, plastic and, like, stuff to make those, that plasticky nylon rope. Yeah, still. I mean, they use metal. It's it's still fairly indiscriminate. It's still going to catch just shit. Probably so, but it'll make people feel better and go out on the beach and give you money to stay at your fucking hotel. So, yeah, but it's all about the money. I understand. Public safety comes in like a far second to money over public safety and money over the environment because you're really going to be able to spend the money after you fucking kill everything and destroy the planet. Yeah, but it's 1916. They don't even know how badly I they're destroying the planet. That's, yeah, I guess, I, yeah. They don't even have a grasp. 
on yeah. but you what say they're today, actually doing. You say today, today, they still... today they still use the nets. Yeah, yeah. And so I was just saying I'm... in 1960 and... they use metal nets. I don't. I doubt that we use metal. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, still, yeah. In 1916, at least you can sort of give them the benefit of like they didn't realize how shitty they were being and that they were actually destroying the planet. Yeah. Well, clearly their scientific knowledge was still a little bit lacking. A bit, a bit. Sharks don't attack people. Mm-mm. They wouldn't and they couldn't. No, they can't. Locals would also patrol the waters in motorboats, or what consisted of motorboats at the time, I don't know. They had cars, I'm sure they must have had motorboats of some sort. Something like that. They would patrol the areas in boats with shotguns. <laughs> that's you know just in case that pesky shark came back yeah and got uh, close enough to the surface of the water that a shotgun could actually do anything yeah pellets no less yeah like okay you need like a high power rifle and you would be lucky if that even worked it's a fucking shark it's yeah. in the water yeah it's got really thick skin they're big or they can be big if this one's eating people it's probably a good size Mm-hmm. Well, for nearly a week, all is quiet on the Jersey shores. Then on July 12, 1916, things once again took a gruesome and shocking turn. Uh-oh. 30 miles, 48 kilometers north of Spring Lake lies the town of Matawan. Matawan is 11 miles inland from the open ocean. Not exactly a place where you're going to be worrying about oceanic predators no. coming and getting you. No, not at all. Nothing bad is going to happen here. Everything's going to be just fine. Well, I would really think that. It's 11 miles inland, for God's sakes. And then? And then, wouldn't you know, something does come for them. The residents there did their swimming in Matawan Creek. It's a narrow tidal creek that wound its way to Raritan Bay, and Raritan Bay is where it meets up with the Atlantic Ocean. Okay. So ocean, bay, and then there's kind of like this inlet runoff that mixes in with a creek. So the water is brackish. Oh, okay. It's not all salt water. It's not all fresh water. Yeah, yeah. You Similar know to where the Baltic Sea anomaly is. Yes. Brackish water. A retired fishing boat captain, Thomas Cottrell, was crossing a bridge while walking to his home when he saw a strange and terrifying sight. A huge shark was headed up the inland waterway. What the fuck? Yeah. Cottrell immediately ran to town to warn everyone, but apparently no one believed him. Yeah, they were just like, fuck off. Seriously, I mean, I don't know if like this guy had some sort of past where... They're just like, you know, like, shut up, Cappy, you're drunk again, you know, go oh, home. Right. Oh, what about the dragons you talked about last time? That's pretty much the attitude he was met with. That's very unfortunate, I'm I'm assuming. It is, it is quite unfortunate for more than one person. As I said, they were totally dismissive of him even saying that he was just seeing things because of the, the heat. Oh, reflecting yeah. Reflecting off the water. It's right. like, that's just a hallucination. You crazy old codger. He kept kind of going, trying to get to everyone and warn them, even though people were basically, like, laughing in his face. 
and unfortunately just missed a group of four boys, or five boys, rather, that were on their way to the creek to cool off. Oh, shit. I'm assuming it turns into four boys. It does, yeah. It does end up being four. (laughs) It's probably where I was getting that. Yeah. One of the boys has an 11-year-old named Lester Stillwell. Lester Stillwell. Lester Stillwell. And he and his four friends were going to the creek, as they normally did every day, but they were getting to go there early because little 11-year-old Lester worked in a factory, the basket factory, because oh. it's like 1916, Yeah, and they and still don't still have like work. child labor laws. And, yeah. You know, if you need to, like, you just send your kid to work in a factory. They don't need school. Sure, no, fuck it. Yeah, so poor little Lester, like, the, the factory worker, the factory boss, I guess, took pity on the fact that it was such a sweltering hot day they're probably in some place that's like hot as fuck doing bullshit basket weaving baskets baskets. and they're like you can you can have the afternoon off go ahead and cool off so they run to the creek and they strip down naked and they jump in the water apparently lester was floating on his back he was kind of like the skinny kid he had epilepsy too Oh, okay. So, so he, was, he was he was kind of like the 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 kid in the group who was like always like kind of sick and yeah, like the sickly kid. Yeah, exactly. And he was trying to show his friends. He was like, "Hey guys, look at me!" And he was floating on his back and super proud. And that's when they see a fucking giant fin come up, and a few seconds later, just fucking Lester just gets pulled the fuck under the water. Just wow, bam. That is fucking horrible so these four boys run out of the water they're naked covered in mud and they just run straight into like the main street of town yeah screaming that a shark got lester there's a shark in the water because in fact there was a shark in the water and did our shark yes did people finally believe the captain well, I mean, they, no, they must put two and two at together first they at this didn't, point. <laughs> no, if you would believe it, they thought that Lester must have had a seizure. And the boys just thought he was being attacked by the shark. So they do go to run to aid little Lester. Well, at least there's that. Yeah. Of the people who went to go see what was going on and try and rescue Lester from the water because he's having a fucking seizure. Is 24-year-old Stanley... Fisher. Stanley Fisher. Stanley Fisher. I just got that. Yeah. He wades into the creek, and at this point, you can't see little Lester anymore. He has gone under. Oh, yeah. And they're pretty sure that he's drowned, and Stanley is just... Looking for the body. Looking for the body to give his parents some... Closure. Closure, yeah, yeah, exactly. Something to put in a coffin to bury. So he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. He finally grabs on to the body and finds it. And starts to lift him out of the water. But that's when the shark bites him and pulls him down. Oh, fuck. Because the shark was actually still eating Lester. And he got and, in the way. And he got in the way. He started, like, he he felt it and found a part of Lester and started pulling on him. And the shark was like, excuse me, sir. Yeah, I'm not done. And now I wasn't you're on finished the menu. With that. Yeah. So it takes a huge chunk out of Stanley's leg. The other people that I gathered managed to get him out of the water. 
there isn't a hospital in that town. It's 10 miles away, which in like 1916 oh. is like, that's a long fucking way. Not a lot of people have And cars. it's a really rough road. Yeah, there's not a lot. I mean, there's not a lot of pavement. They haven't done the freeway system yet. I mean, it's it's still. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Not exactly ideal for someone who's like bleeding to death. Yeah, no, it, it's it's still very rural, even in places that aren't that rural. They put him on a train to send him to a hospital. But he dies two hours later. <laughs> Because he just lost too much blood yeah, on the way. Yeah, I mean, fuck. It's amazing he lasted two hours. Yeah, frankly. that's crazy. Must have not got the artery is what happened. Yeah, I think it took it like a huge chunk out of his leg, but missed the artery. Yeah, and so it was just the regular bleeding, not your blood just evacuating your body. So enough of it came out eventually to kill him, but it took longer. Lucky him. Well, the shark was not finished. So it's up to... It's got four bodies now. It's got four bodies now, and it's still hanging out... In a fucking creek. In a fucking creek. The shark does decide to start heading back towards the ocean, so it starts swimming upstream, back up the inlet towards the bay. Yeah. But before it gets to the bay, it makes one more stop at the docks where there's... Three more boys who didn't, they're probably like a mile, half a mile away. So just don't Don't know know what's going on. Don't know what's going on across town. Don't know that their little friend Lester just got eaten. They see the fin come up and they try to get the fuck out of there. They're climbing up on the dock and the last to go up is 14-year-old Joseph Dunn. Just as he's getting up that ladder, the shark grabs him by the calf. I hate that. It's just like straight out of a fucking horror movie. Oh, yeah. You got that adrenaline going, that fear. You're trying to get up the ladder. Will you make it? Nope. Nope. Grabs your ankle. Or your calf in this case. Fortunately, Joseph Dunn does live. He's the only surviving victim. Wow. His brother, who was swimming with him, and their friend, the two of them had a little tug of war with the shark. He Holy didn't shit. Yeah, he did not want to let... Joseph Dunn go for nothing. got a fucking taste for it now. Absolutely. But with the two of them pulling as hard as they could, he was finally freed and pulled up onto the dock. Yeah. He spent two months in the hospital, lost the lower part of his leg, but... Wow. Survived. Wow. So that's three attacks in one afternoon in a fucking brackish creek. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. I can't believe that. What a dick. That shark is a dick. That shark is such a dick. Oh my gosh. So as you can imagine, like, now the shit's really hitting the fan. Oh yeah, no. People are freaking the fuck out. Oh yeah. The residents of Matawan decided that one solution they were going to try would be to blow the fucking shark up by throwing sticks of dynamite into the creek. Okay. However, the shark had already like made its yeah, it's gone. Its exodus. It's it was gone. gone. They're they're just exploding Throwing, stuff. Yeah. In the river, probably killing a lot of other things. But no sharks. I guess it makes them feel better. It, yeah, it makes them feel like they're actually doing something and not just getting picked off one by one. Several things happen within the next couple of days. Little Lester Stillwell's body finally surfaces. 
what's left of it. Yeah, pretty much. People are going around killing sharks left and right. Oh, I'm sure they are. And President Woodrow Wilson held an emergency meeting of his cabinet and dispatched the Coast Guard to fish for the monsters. So he kind of declared a war on sharks as well. He was like, okay, hey, we need to have a meeting about this shark situation. Let's take care of these motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. Let's get the Coast Guard up to start shooting at sharks. As you can imagine, many sharks were caught. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And killed. Yeah. This included a young great white shark, which was caught on July 14th by Michael Schleiser. He was a taxidermist. Okay. Did he stuff the shark? He did, actually. He <laughs> First, he cut it open because he highly suspected that this was the shark. Oh, okay. He had a really hard time getting this shark. He ended up having to uh, bludgeon it to death with a broken oar, <laughs> was how that worked. Awesome. Almost destroyed his boat. It, it was kind of like Jaws-like. Yeah, yeah. He was like a very, a very hand-to-hand, hand-to-fin fight. With mm-hmm. a shark. Yeah. He cuts the shark open and notices a whole lot of chunks of bone and weird looking flesh. All right. Dr. Frederick Lucas, who was the director of the American Museum of Natural History, identified the remains as human. Okay. But this it wasn't. Was 15 pounds worth of human remains in so... total. This probably wasn't our shark? No, this was our shark. Oh, this was our shark. Oh, okay. Pretty sure that it was our shark. Because this, if this is July 14th, it started July 1st. Oh, right. So it would have had time to digest a lot of this. Sharks do digest things pretty slowly because they just bite and swallow. They don't actually chew. Yes. So it does take a long time for their stomach contents to fully digest, but... It would be pretty consistent, given the fact that he didn't eat the entire body yeah, yeah, of anyone, and this was legs over. And, yeah, there's a lot of bone. This in is the over human almost body, two weeks. So. Yeah, time wow, period. fuck, fifteen pounds. That is just wild. Can you imagine what that smelled like? Probably, it actually probably didn't smell that bad because aren't they complete? No, I guess it would because they're not completely filled with water. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's basically just like rotting in their stomach cavity. Yeah, that's probably not great. Rotting flesh that you dig out of a dead giant fish. Yeah. That you just, that you have to transport to the, wherever the fucking American Museum of Natural History is located. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they put it in some preservative or something. I don't know. Salted it. Oh, oh like jerky. <laughs> put it in tartar sauce and transported it that way the attack stopped though there weren't any more ah, after so that so they, it they got it that that was it that wow. they had found the shark the shark that was responsible it was juvenile as i said before it was eight feet long so eight feet long yeah. definitely on the smallish side of a great white which can be an adult size between 15 and 20 feet but big enough. But big enough. I mean, they're born lethal. They're born four to five feet long. A, they're born almost as tall as I am. Out of the womb, they can't. Well, I mean, whatever. 
out of the egg. I think egg. sharks are born live. Or they some, could be. Yeah. I don't know if they're. I, think, I don't know. I don't think they're hatched from eggs. Sharks are one thing that they're actually born live. I, I believe. Regardless, as soon as it, as soon as it's on its own, it's it's a killing machine. It's, it's just teeth in the stomach. Exactly. I've actually seen some documentaries about sharks that suggest that they're more than just teeth in the stomach, that they're actually just like all the other animals and have, you know, reasons for doing things and have strange, long, solitary migratory patterns. And, and, some of and them are there. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of different sharks out there. Yeah. Great whites are, are, are one of them that have these weird, long migratory ways. And They do have weird, long really, migratory ways, but... Great whites are also ones that run on a lot of like inst. They're just like killing machines. They have pretty small brains in comparison to some of the other sharks. It's just yeah. Wouldn't want to run into any shark at all. No, never. I watched so many. I watched more than one documentary. Yeah. Because I actually kind of like enjoyed it. It wasn't. It oh, wasn't totally. like hours and hours of the uh, nuances between the, you know, Catholics and the Reformed Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> it was like sharks. Yeah. But it was really sad to see people that have survived shark attacks, people who love to surf. Some of them get right back out there and some of them are just like crippled by it and just cry at the thought of yeah, I can see getting I mean, back in the water, but they it and this is how it is. Whenever they think about something they used to love doing, well, and it fuck, just shatters I mean, them. I'm, I would be. I, like, how terrifying would that be to be attacked by a fucking shark? I know, I know. And it's like that's that's. Oh my gosh! Attacked by any that's way up of, there in the fucked up category for me. Like any animal that is just completely like getting attacked by a bear would be just terror would be terrifying. Like being attacked by a shark is just. None of it. I want any, none of it. Any huge animal that has no kind of reasoning and is just way bigger than you with way sharper teeth that can just fuck fuck you up. Yeah. With I'll, one I'll, one bite, one smack. I want none of it. Mm-mm. Well, there's been some dissent over the years as to whether this juvenile great white was responsible for all of the attacks, particularly the ones in Matawan where it was brackish water. Is it because great whites aren't known to be able to survive at brackish water? Exactly. Because it's only, what, tiger sharks that can, right? Bull sharks. Bull sharks, that's what it was. Bull sharks do frequent fresh water. And that's where they uh, breed. I think so, yeah. Or and give birth, I mean. Something like yeah. that. And they're also known to be like dicks too and will also attack people the most aggressive i believe i believe that they have the highest testosterone so they're very 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 aggressive maybe that's why they call him a bull shark yeah could well be anyways yeah it's a bit, it's a dispute going on more in today times that maybe it was actually a bull shark it was two separate sharks but there's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that it was this great white yes this little great white first of all it wasn't fully grown uh-huh it was eight feet long, so it could have navigated. It could have actually physically fit. Yes. Yeah. And George Burgess, uh, he's a ichthyologist. Is that a shark studier? That is a branch of zoology devoted to fish. Oh, okay. And sharks are fish. Yeah, yeah. He's an expert on sharks and shark attacks. He has been featured in Shark Week. Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. So he's the real deal. He is the real deal. And he gives a really solid explanation that supports the great white theory, which is, I think it was a great, I think it was this shark. It was caught very near where those attacks were. They kind of progressively went up. It went inland and it was caught in the bay of that inland. So probably right after it came back out. Yeah. It was caught. And the attack stopped from that point on. And that's the biggest thing right there. His explanation for it is that when he examined the site, the creek, the depth of it, the the salinity, it was actually closer to what he said was a marine embayment. I'm not sure 100% what that is. All right. But I think he's saying that there's actually more salt water in that water than people thought that there were. Okay, so basically, like, what he's... It's salty enough. Yeah, like there's the, the, the salt level in water is more on a spectrum. The brackishness of water is a spectrum. It is. It is From indeed. salt to fresh. And this was on the spectrum close enough to salt that a great white could, in fact, survive in it. Furthermore, during the time of the attack, it was a full moon. And the tides are on those weird lunar Where cycle. Shark. Hmm? Where shark. Where shark? What are you talking about? Oh, a where shark. Okay. I'm like, dude. <laughs> when the full moon hits, the where shark stalks the shores. Sorry, I was a little slow on the uptake on that one. That's fine. It's fine. It was dumb. It was <laughs> It was a full moon, which meant that, I don't know how the fucking tides work, but anyways, when it's a, a full moon, it's kind of at the peak to where it's the saltiest. I can see that. The water is the saltiest the right before the, the high highest. tide. Yeah, yeah, the tide is the, the highest. The tide is the highest, and the water is the most salty. So the water that was feeding into the inlet, it was already saltier than they thought it was originally, and it was extra, extra salty. It might have even been twice as salty as normal. So what the, what it comes down to is that it was it's possibly, probably it, it was, salty enough for a, a great white to swim up and chomp on some people. It's definitely unusual. I don't think I've right. ever heard another story of a great white just like, oh, I'm just going to exit the ocean and go in this bay. And yeah, I'll just keep going down this little river here. And no, oh, hey, look at a little creek full of children. Yay. God damn. It was a little shark that could, I guess, though. It really could. It really could. That's amazing. Awful, but. Yeah, not great. But I just, still. I couldn't believe it. That was, I'd never heard of that. Yeah, that's, that's wild. I believe it was him. I believe it was the great white. And it's a great explanation. Yeah, it was salty enough for him to make his way. He was small enough to swim his way there. Then probably that makes a lot of sense. They never found a bull shark. And the fact of the matter is is they killed the shark. The attack stopped. I would say it's probably that shark. I would 100% bet it was that shark. The moon. That was a fucked up story. (laughs) The moon, though, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I know. May, that the, I mean, it might not have. It might have kind of gone in, but then decided, oh, like, hey, I can't breathe good enough. Had it not been for the full moon, and yeah, made everything super just kind of like the perfect. It was the perfect storm. It was. I guess it everything's was. a little extra salty when the moon is full. Yeah, yeah. Are you extra salty when the moon is full? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you all about a cryptid, a fairly, uh, probably fairly recently discovered cryptid. 
At first, the Japanese research vessel thought they were seeing a submarine breach the surface of the icy Antarctic waters. As they got closer, it became quite apparent to them that the submarine was, in fact, not a submarine at all, but something organic and living. So they're in Antarctica. In the Antarctic waters, not in Antarctica, but they're, okay. up, they're, they're around the Antarctic. So they're up there. It's cold. It's cold as fuck. It would be unusual to see a submarine up that way, probably. I would say it's probably fairly unusual just to see submarines in general. Probably so, but I would f- it seems like you're kind of way out there. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be all that surprised if I was just out on the docks of Puget Sound and just some submarine comes up. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, okay, well. But in the middle of nowhere, it's... Yeah, yeah. that's that's a little, like, like, how did you get out here? I didn't know there were any naval bases close by. But then it not being a submarine at all is also quite strange. Uh, the crew was allegedly able to get both photographic and video evidence of the creature before it submerged into the ocean. Unfortunately for us, the Japanese government supposedly got their hands on this evidence before it could be made public. They were also told by these alleged government agents to keep quiet about the whole thing. Mm, so the Japanese has their own, like, cleanup crew? Basically, yeah. Well, every government does. I guess so. That's it's, fair. It's speculated that they were trying to keep this animal's existence hush-hush because it may produce some kind of chemical that is either poisonous and can be weaponized or has some kind of medicinal properties. Well, of course. It's like, why can't there ever be a country that is just, like, rebellious in that way? Like, no, we're not going to hide things from our citizens. So if they find something, guess what? Everyone's going to find out about it. Yeah, that would be We're not going to suppress it. But then that government would get toppled. Probably so. I've read in a couple places that some of the people who see this thing got visited by the men in black, which generally are a thing that are associated with alien encounters. We'll eventually do an episode on men in black. MIB. Yes, not like Will Smith or Thor, but completely different Men in Black. Thor? Chris Hemsworth, or whatever his name is, is in the new Men in Black International. Oh, I didn't know that there even was one. Yes. I'm like, it was Tommy Lee Jones. That's not even anywhere near. That is not Thor. (laughs) That is not Chris Hemsworth, like, at all. This story allegedly occurred in 2006. I did find an account from the 1990s that was pretty similar, except it was a fishing boat, and the creature surfaced right next to it for a bit. Well, what the fuck does the creature look like? What does it well, make? we'll get there. Uh, most reported sightings happen at night, and so it's speculated that the creature is either feeding or coming to the surface to breathe. The animal is generally described as being 65 to 100 feet long. That's big. It's 20 to 30 meters. And generally humanoid. What? It seems to have arms, though they don't seem to be jointed at the elbows or wrists. So it's just got like two long, straight, stiff arms? Yes. Or are they floppy arms? Well, it seems like they're straight, stiff. Okay. Uh, they seem to have, they seem to have either long webbed fingers or fins of some sort at the ends instead of hands. So stick arms with fins at the end. Okay. Some eyewitnesses describe the leg portion as being either tentacled or ending in a mermaid-style fishtail. I was going to say, this is starting to sound mermaidish. Mermaidish. On top of a short, thick neck sits a flat, vaguely human head, with the only discernible features being large, vacuous eyes and a long, thinly slit mouth, which I take for meaning it lacks, like, fleshy lips. Do you think it looks like those guys on 
Star Wars at the at the Mos Eisley's Cantina, the ones that are like playing the clarinet? No. No, that's what I thought. Maybe a Large, little. Large vacuous eyes, no. Maybe a little. Except those guys have more bulbous heads, don't they? Yes, but and this thing's got more of a flat. I mean, it's. I don't it's, even know what a flat head looks like. I can't even fi- picture that in my mind. Imagine like a human-shaped head, but more angular. So, like, if you took a board maybe and strapped it to a baby's forehead when it was a wee baby, and so its head was sort of tilted back. I mean, think of it being having okay. evolved in a humanoid shape to be able to go underwater. So it's going to be kind of streamlined. Okay. I think. I mean, I obviously haven't really seen pictures of it. <laughs> yeah, can't anyone, like, draw that? There are some drawings you can find online. They look vaguely gray alienish. Okay, so I'm not way off with the most Eisley Cantina. Well, the pictures that people like have drawn, band. yeah. Yeah. The skin of this critter is pale white, like a fish belly, and is called the Ningen. The word Ningen means human or human being in Japanese. That's not what I would name it. It's spelled N-I-N-G-E-N, just for so Let's everyone knows. call it human. It is completely feasible to have an animal, even a large animal, living in the oceans that we don't know about. The ocean takes up a large majority of the planet and is mostly unexplored. Giant squid have been talked about by sailors for hundreds, maybe even thousands of years, and we didn't have proof caught on camera until 2004. Yeah, and giant squids are a thing that are real. Exactly. The coelacanth is a six-foot-long, 200-pound fish, that's 2 meters and 90 kilograms, that first swam in the oceans 200 million years ago. That's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. Scientists thought it had been extinct for 66 million years, and then they found them off the coast of South Africa in 1938. So much stuff in South Africa. Right? There's a lot of shark attacks down there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They love the water down there. It's the old fish they like. (laughs) More recent than that, a new species of crab was discovered in 2005 living off hydrothermal vents. Hydrothermal vents were discovered in the 70s and are a crazy ecosystem of their own. These vents are a result of lava rising to the sea floor, which cracks open to release the pressure. All kinds of simple critters like bacteria live near these vents, and they feed off of sulfur and metal. So it's like the warm stream. Yeah, that, and it's spewing out like earth metals, and these bacteria, these bacteria are living off sulfur and metal. That's crazy. A biological thing that lives off sulfur and metal. The Yeti crabs are one of the things that feed on the bacteria. I wanted to go into Yeti crabs more, but... I'm going to restrain myself. (laughs) The Ningen is speculated by some to be some kind of albino ray or a whale. If it exists, it probably just looks the way it seems to because of the water playing with the witness's vision. So it's just, I can't remember what it is, but it's where you just sort of try and pick a shape out of something you're seeing. So you see a giant ray and you... It's albino and it goes by pretty quick or something. And so you think that what you're seeing is humanoid shaped. And then I do know. Because your eye just, like your brain just inputs that. Yeah, yeah. It's picking it out of humanoid shape. And a ray does have a slit mouth. Doesn't have large eyes. They do look freakishly like 
human like. They do. I mean, they smile. I mean, we were just feeding the oh, stingrays. Oh yeah, you were. Yeah. You? Did they have? Do they have big eyes? They don't have big eyes. No. Yeah. I would say that they're. It's. They're just little. They're little wee little eyes, but they they look like they're smiling at you. Yeah. yeah. They do so look you, like they have a face, like a person's face on the underneath, and and then they you know jump up out of the water at you. They got all sorts of excited for feeding time. Oh, I'm sure. They're just slapping yeah. around and just going right up, and the girls loved it. Yeah, so it's feasible. I I don't like you know telling people they didn't see what they think they saw because that well, they, would, that they would suck. It. I mean, imagine imagine poor uh, poor Captain Cottrell trying to sound the warning that a huge shark is. Yeah, is 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 stealthily making its way to the town's only swimming hole that's probably full of children getting out of their factory jobs. Yeah, not and no one yeah. fucking believes him. Yeah, and then it happens to the kids, and even yeah, they're like probably just had a seizure. There's that's no right, and then the good Samaritan that goes to help gets chomped. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating when people won't fucking believe you. Yeah, yeah. So I get that. Moo magazine is a paranormal magazine published in Japan. As far as I can tell, it's meant to be an honest presentation of the material and not satirical. Is it M- M-U? M-U, yes. Mm-hmm. This is where the story of this critter was reported in the November issue of 2007. Apparently, someone didn't listen to the G-men who told him to shut up about the whole thing and anonymously gave M-U the scoop. The article was accompanied by an image from Google Earth that showed what believers say is a Ningen. It could be an animal. It certainly looks like the description. Um, it could be that it's a satellite from space taking a picture in 2007. However, they pick up whales on Google Earth. So this thing being as big as it is, is roughly, if it exists, the size of a blue whale. So it would definitely get picked up because you can pick up orcas and shit on on Google Earth. Hmm. Now, the images that I found for picking up whales were dated 2016. Okay. So, 2007, I don't... I, I mean, I know the... The technology The changes. technology that we have is way better. I don't know how much the satellite technology has been updated God. since then. So I'm still in my 20s. Yeah. That's forever ago now. That was that was some time ago. That's awful. That was that was twelve years ago. I hate that. I don't know if I believe the Ningen exists or not. I don't see why something could not be hidden in the ocean. We have lots of proof that things do get lost in the ocean. There's all sorts of things lurking down there. Yep. Some of them Animals, are pretty fucking fucked up. Like airplanes. That, that one fish with the, like the teeth that's like way down deep and it has a little dangly thing. The angler fish. Yes. Yes. That has the bioluminescence that lights up and the other fish come to it and then it chomps them. Like how crazy does that motherfucker look? Oh, that's pretty fucking crazy. How terrifying would that be to actually encounter it towards the surface? Not great. Mm-mm. Not great. Not at all. A pike, those fish with the really long, like, snouts with just tons of teeth. So, I can believe that there's other things that haven't been discovered yet. That oh, are easily. Big easily. and scary. And... The planet, like I said, the planet is mostly ocean. And we have not 
really explored even a bit of it. It's because it's like exploring space. It's easier to explore space than it is to get to the ocean. It's crazy. The ocean kind of freaks me out a little bit. I like it. Me too. But it does freak me out a bit. It took a little bit of even, you know, we weren't really on the real ocean when we went out out, out at the wedding on the the Key Peninsula the other mm-hmm. weekend. But yeah. it still took a little bit of me bolstering myself to take our blow up kayak out onto the ocean. See now, it would be like as if we were out there playing on the peninsula at TJ's wedding and fucking Jaws like just like rolls up and starts oh, yeah. attacking people. Like that's how crazy that would be. Yeah. Would you expect to see a fucking shark no. up in there? And no. we would be fucked. Yeah. Because, I mean, it would it would it would get us. I mean, I do know what you're supposed to do if you do get attacked by a shark is punch it in the nose or poke it in the eyes, because all of its sensory shits in its nose. So if you pop it in its schnoz, then it just fucks up all of its perception for a bit. Yeah. You can't punch underwater. That's really hard, and yeah. and there's the whole like probably excruciating pain and yep. shock that you are going through just being bitten and uh yanked around by something like that so yeah i'm not so sure i probably would just add an instinct try yeah. to find it and punch it but yeah I, it wouldn't be like okay step one <laughs> yeah, poke in eyes mm-hmm. yeah no not at all you're just trying to not like die yes yes and just to make it stop <laughs> yeah fuck that fuck that 100 percent. yeah that's a hard no for me oh yeah Hands fucking down. It's not going to affect my ability to go in in an inlet like that, I think, because clearly that's pretty rare. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going to. The ocean, though. I mean, I'm still scared enough of sharks to not want to venture out too far into the ocean. Not in any way that... Not in any ocean that's warm enough that I'd be actually out swimming in it in the first place. I I just wouldn't be swimming in the ocean. It's just really what it comes down to i can barely swim as it is <laughs> so <laughs> that's right the ocean is not a place for me i tried skinny dipping in the ocean at night and that was a little too terrifying <laughs> yeah i'm sure i was in uh georgia i was in god damn it savannah mm. and my family we, we've gone there for my brother's ocs graduation oh, okay and we spent a lovely day at the beach we had this beach house rented and just floating and the water was so warm so i'm up with my youngest brother chuck and i'm like hey why don't we go and skinny dip in the ocean in the middle of the night and so he clops over on his so well he wasn't this was before oh before the oh, before the fall the, this yeah. was a few this was a few years ago oh okay okay and yeah, I mean, he was down for it. My my other brother would actually, I think, rather be eaten alive by a shark than go skinny dipping with me in the middle of the night. Yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, Jug was down. We ran out there. We ran on the beach. We stripped down. We got in the water. We're looking at all these like tiny little bubbles that are kind of like illuminated, like rising up in the bottom. And at first it was like really cool because I mean, I love skinny dipping. I'm like a huge fan of skinny dipping. Totally. And it's so warm and nice. I mean, I've never been in ocean water warm like that, except when I was in Mexico, but it had been a really, really long time. Yeah, yeah. Very few times in my life where I've been it's in the ocean. It's rare that you get into the ocean and you're like, this is nice and warm. I yeah. can dig it. It's like a nice bath. Mm-hmm. Then suddenly something brushes against 
my leg. Yeah, and then it turns real, real quick. <laughs> yeah, and it oh. was just like, oh. okay, and you can't see a damn thing. No. When we were out there swimming earlier in the day, I mean, you can't see a whole lot, but you can see enough to where if it's shallow enough, you could see like this, the shape of something. Yes. And see what size and it is that, you know, whatever's touching but you. But when there's nothing, but you when can't it's just see anything. And blackness. You, yeah, that It was the sound. dark beach. With the, I mean, the moonlight was like the only light. Yeah, that available. sounds like it's not. It great. went from being like 100% awesome to like, oh Let's shit. Let's get the fuck out of here. I was like, something touched me. Something touched me. And, he's, and Chuck was just like, totally like, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. He's just like swimming, doing backstrokes back and forth. And all I could think about was fucking Jaws. Yeah. Because like, at, that, at that point, opening scene of Jaws. Totally in my head. Now, I wish I had known what I know now, having watched several episodes of Shark Week and learning a lot about sharks this week. Um, great whites don't actually hunt at night. Oh, wow. Because generally, they use the the shadow of something at the surface, so the light around it and the shadow of it, to see something and attack it. They can still hear you. They can still hear you making noise in the water. Yeah, yeah but but you're. It's not as likely to go be out hunting and attacking things at nighttime. Right, just because right. it's a little harder. And it's probably they're probably fucking sleeping anyway. Yeah, they have some shit with their retinas, so they kind of need that sunlight to be coming down in order to make out and see what it is they're they're trying to bite. So it wasn't it couldn't have been a great white, but it could have been. It could have been anything else though, because. A few minutes later, something touched me again. Yeah. And I'm just like, something touched me again. So you fucking touched me again. Like, okay. Like, were you were you standing there? Or were you like treading water or whatever? I was like standing. I was standing probably like almost to my neck. Ah. Uh, uh, that just doesn't sound so even like, like you know, It touched me. me again. Something fucking touched me again. Like, all right, I've had enough. I get out of the water. I'm like, I can't anymore yeah. with that. Yeah. Fuck all of that. But then Chuck doesn't want to come in. And it's like three in the morning. You're like, all right, bye. And we're, like, a ways from the thing. Well, I mean, he's had a little drink. I'm, like, I'm feeling a little responsible. This was my idea in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So, at first, I'm, like, okay, it's nice and warm. I mean, it's still, like, 85 degrees oh, out totally, there. Because yeah. it's Savannah, Georgia yeah. in June. Totally. Or maybe it was August. I think it was August. So hot. In the daytime, hot it's hot as, as fuck. fuck. Yeah. I was, like, I can just totally sit here on the beach and wait for him. That's fine. But... Then I realized it's Savannah, Georgia. I started getting like just eaten alive oh, by all kinds of flying critters that's and bugs. Great. And to the point where I'm like, I can't take this anymore, Chuck. If you're not gonna come in, I'm going back to the house. Like I It's either so you're gonna be in the water and so you're gonna, gonna be in the, water, in the water or you're gonna alone, s- which I don't feel comfortable doing, but I'm I'm at a point where I gotta leave you. Yep. I gotta leave you. You gotta come with me or I'm gonna leave you. And he's like, no, I'm okay. I'm like, oh, God damn it. He just insisted on staying out there. So I went back to the house. I pulled out my book, uh, my copy of Gone with the Wind. Started reading. And fortunately, within about half an hour, he came back. Because all I could think about was like, Jesus Christ. If something happens to him out there, how am I going to be the one to explain that it was my idea to go out there? And then I left him in the ocean in the dark <laughs> in the middle of the night. Uh. Because I was a selfish bitch and didn't want to get eaten by mosquitoes and whatever the fuck else was, like, biting the shit out of me. That's not selfish. Uh, I guess. I guess not really. I mean, he is an adult making decisions, but... Yes. Still, yes. It, it would. it's not the kind of thing, like, if, if it had turned out badly, that would not... 
look good. Eh. Everything's fine. You don't think twice about it. Something actually happens, and then... That's true. I mean, if like, something well, if happened, you could have been like, it was his idea. I've been like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know he left. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. What, he went out last night? Who? Chuck? <laughs> oh, my brother Chuck. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to move on to something kind of shark-related, as in... A strange and mysterious death that was blamed on sharks, but looking a little closer at the facts, probably not a shark. The shark was just a convenient patsy? More like it's hard to imagine something other than a shark doing this to a person, but it happened. Oh, that sounds wholesome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty brutal. This is the strange and mysterious death of Michelle Van Emster. On Friday, April 15th, 1994, in the Sunset Cliffs area of San Diego, California, two surfers, David Correa and William Dustel, noticed a large group of seagulls perched on something in the water. Oh, great. Upon closer inspection, they discovered that among the large bit of sea kelp was a body of a young woman who would later be identified as 25-year-old Michelle Von Emster. Lovely way to start your day, or end it, or really have any part of it, I guess. It was late in the afternoon. Okay, well, shitty, shitty. The two summoned help. And lifeguards Bruce Robinson and Joe Wade received the call at the Ocean Beach station at 3.19 p.m. They immediately deployed from the lifeguard dock in Mission Beach on their rescue boat thing. Yeah. Within a few minutes, they had reached her body. She was floating face down and was completely nude. The only things she was wearing were a couple of rings and a bracelet. They also noticed that she had a butterfly tattoo on her shoulder. By 4 o'clock, her body had been recovered from the water and taken to the lifeguard headquarters. Medical examiner Robert Engel was waiting there to do the initial examination, which was required by law whenever there was evidence of trauma. or Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the, the medical examiner has to sign off before you can have people fucking with shit. Yeah, they have to do like an official autopsy, but just, I think initially they're required to do like an initial exam. Yes. And then they'll go down to the morgue and then they'll do like the whole nine yards with the cutting and the cutting and the sewing and the mm-hmm, yeah. and the uh, examining and weighing and all, all the things, all the things involved. He examined her just on the deck of the boat. In his report, he noted that the body had large tearing type wounds with missing tissue. Oh, OK. And most of her right leg was gone. Okay. He estimated that the woman had not been in the water long. Engel's report did not specify a precise cause of death, but everyone involved in pulling her body out of the water thought it was probably a shark attack. Yeah. Just from how it looked. They like those legs. Yeah, they're... They're pretty tough on your extremities, those sharks. Yeah, they, they certainly are. 
But you dangle those things around when you're swimming, and it's just a convenient place to grab. Yes. Particularly the legs. Yeah. A little meatier. A little more to hold on to. Yeah. With your giant fucking shark teeth. Although sharks don't generally like to eat people because we're too... There's not enough fat. Too much crunch. We're too gamey. Yeah. Too much, too much, too much bone and useless innards. Well, I wish they would have a bigger brain so they could tell the difference between us and a fucking seal. Yeah. or with Without s- biting us and being like, oh, never mind. Like, Sorry about your legs. Sorry, bro. Being gone. Yeah. You remember that... That shark from Finding Nemo. Yeah. The one that's like in the support group. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a mindless killer. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that. I know. I can't remember all of it. Just that just that he was awesome. And then he smelled a little blood and was just like, oh, I'm a fucking shark now. Yep. There goes all that self-control. Well, blood in the water. What are you going to do? The next day, Saturday, April 16th, 1994... A formal autopsy was conducted by medical examiner Brian Blackburn. In addition to the chunks of missing flesh from her arms and left leg, as well as the missing right leg, which had been essentially ripped off mid-thigh, additional injuries and findings included a broken neck, broken ribs, facial scrapes and bruises, a broken pelvis, which had basically just been pulled apart. Is that something a shark could do? Possibly, if it's... Like by whipping it back and forth yeah, or something? Yeah, if you're being whipped around. It, it's going to take a lot of force, for yeah. sure, though, to do that. And is this all stuff that was done after death? This is This happened while she was alive. Okay. She had internal hemorrhaging, which is what made him conclude that she was alive when she sustained her injuries. Great. She actually died of drowning. She would have bled out if she hadn't drowned. Yes. Pretty quickly. But before she could bleed out, she drowned. There was seawater in her lungs and stomach and copious amounts of sand also uh, it was found in her stomach, in her throat, and in her lungs. So it was like she was buried, too? She inhaled it and gulped it down. It's... But you inhale water when you drown, but... Well, yeah, but water's a but little bit easier going down than sand. It was water and sand, which indicated probably she hit the bottom of the ocean. Oh, I see. Jesus. Yeah. So it was just like, it was just like probably like sandy, really sandy water. And so she was down really deep and. Probably there was some sand in the water, but there was quite a lot. I mean, it seems like she would have actually had to have like been like face down on the ocean floor or more shallow in the surf. Right. But on to have still. actually sucked that much sand into her lungs and stomach. Wow. Not consistent with shark attack. Some maybe, but no, not actually consistent but he doesn't really know any better because this guy has actually never seen the victim of a shark attack before okay so he's never he has no professional experience when it comes to that okay he does consult some sharks experts i'll get into that in just a minute 
He doesn't do like a great job with the consulting though. It's basically like, "Hey guys, so this is what's going on," and just kind of a general vague description. Didn't tell him any of the weird shit about it. Didn't give him any pictures. Didn't have them come up and look at the body. Oh, uh, which is kind of I feel like would be important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather just like so, I got this like weird case. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like... If you don't know for sure because you've never seen it before and you're asking people who have and would know, maybe, yeah, maybe some pictures would be helpful. Just not even, I don't want to even want you to go an extra mile. Just like a, an extra quarter mile. You know, like attach a picture to a fucking email for these guys. Something. Well, I don't think they could have attached a picture to an email in 1994. Okay. Maybe not quite that easy. Could they could have emailed. They could have emailed. <laughs> but no, that you're they, right. They probably... He could have faxed them some stuff. Something. He could have just mailed it. He could have had, you know, FedEx it down there. Something. Something. Or, hey, why don't you guys come up here and take a look? Come I'm take pretty a look sure, at the body. I'm pretty sure that it was a local agency at... I, I have the, the name further down on my notes, but it's like the, the Scripps Center for Oceanic Behavior or something like that. I, I'm pretty sure it's in San Diego or in close San Diego by, yeah. or close by San Diego. Wouldn't have taken a whole lot of extra effort is what I'm getting at. Here. Yeah, yeah. Just just an extra quarter mile, not even an extra mile. We're not asking for much here. They still didn't have an ID on her since she was found completely naked with yeah, nothing on her except for a lot of hideous injuries. Some jewelry. A news story was run that evening about, you know, woman identified, brown hair, thought to be in her 20s, butterfly tattoo on her back. Denise Knox, who ran a stationery and printing store, happened to see the news story. And thought to herself, well, my employee Michelle has not shown up for work the last two days. Oh, no. She's in her 20s with brown hair and has a butterfly tattoo on her shoulder. So she calls the medical examiner's office. She goes in, they they take a Polaroid so that she doesn't have to actually Go, see her She doesn't have to person. see an actual body, yeah. And she is the one who identifies her. Now that she's been identified, they find out where she lives. She has a roommate, and the police talk to her and find out that the last time the roommate saw her was at 8 p.m. the night before she was found in the water. She was found in the afternoon the following day. Okay. They tried to go to, like, a Pink Floyd concert, but couldn't get in. Hmm. At that point, when they were making their way back home, Michelle wanted to be dropped off at the beach and didn't feel like going home quite yet. All right. She's wearing a green trench coat, and that is the last time she was seen alive by anyone. That we know of. That we know of. Exactly. From this timeline, medical examiner Blackburn made a reconstruction of what he thinks happened. Yeah. So this is his version of what happened to Michelle. She was last seen alive at 8 p.m. She entered the water sometime around 12 a.m. Shortly after she entered the water, she was attacked by a great white shark. Okay. 
The shark bit into her leg and dragged her to the ocean floor. And this is how she sustained the broken neck and pelvis and then ingested the copious amounts of sand prior to dying. Gets her bite's leg off, practically drags her by leg, slams her on the ocean floor. She sucks up a bunch of sand along with the seawater. And that's all she wrote. Okay. Ultimately, her cause of death was from blood loss and drowning. Once the cause of death was released and the media found out that they thought it was a shark attack, they kind of like descended upon the town because there had only been like one shark attack in the area prior to this. Yeah, it was probably a pretty hot spot for, for people. Oh, yeah. I mean, San Diego, people love yeah. surfing. Yeah. It's a big it's a big place for people who love the ocean. The one attack prior wasn't even verified because nobody had seen a shark. Oh. So this was another pretty much unverified death attributed to the shark because all they found was a body. Yeah. Denise Knox stated that reporters would constantly call the store where she worked. They parked in trucks outside of the stationery store and also even would come to her house. They all wanted more investigation and thought things didn't quite add up is how she put it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Even though the medical examiner and the police were basically like, okay, case closed shark. Right. Medical examiner who has no actual experience in anything that just occurred. Right. Or anything that he's saying occurred rather. The media wasn't the only group of people that thought things didn't add up and wanted another look taken at the case. Uh, The shark experts, once they actually saw pictures of her bodies. What the fuck? Exactly. Basically, yeah. They were like, "Uh, I don't think this was a shark attack. Like, if you had shown us these pictures prior to ruling on the cause of death. Great. We would have told you no. Probably he said some stuff verbally and they're like, well, that sounds like a shark attack. Likely that could be a shark or that could be. Could you show some pictures? Oh, don't worry about it. No, it's fine. No, no, thanks for the help. All right, I got it now. Thanks. But you're saying it could happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I see that going. It's possible, though, right? It is possible, though, right? Well, yeah, I guess. All right. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Here are all the reasons why... It wasn't a shark. We already talked about number one reason. Blackborn had never done an autopsy on a shark attack victim. Had no experience to draw upon. Right, so it's just his, basically... What he thinks might have happened, and then probably the whole phone call, like, oh, but it's possible. Right, but I mean, thing. as far as that's concerned, as far as the shark attack thing, is his amateur opinion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, when the experts at the Scripps Institute of Oceanic Behavior saw the actual pictures of the body, they actually refused to list Michelle's death as a shark attack in their, like, official record-keeping. Oh, wow. So the one of them is the Shark Research Committee and the International Shark Attack File. They were like, no, that's not what this is. We're not putting that. Yeah, we're not. We're not listing that in our books. It might say that on her death certificate, but that's not the case. And you're insane for thinking so. 
Ralph Collier is one of the leading authorities on Pacific Coast bike shark behavior. This is what he had to say about it. One of the things that struck me was the condition of the limb, meaning like her amputated leg. When a white shark bites off part of a limb, the break is clean, almost like you put it on a table saw. What remained of Michelle's femur was anything but. It looked like what happens when you get a piece of bamboo and whittle it down to a point with a knife. Hmm. The bone came to a point. This type of injury is caused when a bone is twisted under a great deal of force. For example, he said, a boat's propeller could have caused that much injury, but not a shark bite. He said, I've looked at close to 100 photos of cases that I have reviewed over the years, and I have never seen any bones that came to a point. Wow. Also, in regards to the sand in her lungs and stomach, following the leg injury, he said, the damage would have severed her femoral artery, and she would have bled to death quickly, but for her to have sand in her stomach and lungs, she would have had to take a big gulping breath as she made contact with the sand. There are too many things in this case that are not consistent with white shark behavior. In other words, the theory that she sustained the leg injury at kind of at the surface of the water when she was swimming, but then was dragged down, causing her neck and pelvis to break before finally inhaling and swallowing sand at the ocean floor. There probably wouldn't be anything. All before bleeding out just didn't make sense. Yeah, it seems like on the way down, simply, I mean, you'd have already inhaled your last. Exactly. You'd probably at least be unconscious from all of the trauma and shock that you're suffering. One would hope. Fucking Christ, yeah. Lastly was the complete absence of any white shark tooth impressions <laughs> yes that's seems to me like that'd be a pretty dead giveaway it wasn't a shark there were a lot of bite marks on her body but these were done by a smaller species of shark yeah, okay. and this was done after she was already dead so blue sharks had scavenged at her body yeah and that had already kind of been agreed upon like that happened post-mortem yeah but there weren't any great white bite marks because that's they have a very distinctive bite mark which can easily be recognized by any shark expert to yeah. be able to tell you what kind of shark it was based on the bite mark. Richard Rosenblatt, who is chairman of the Scripps Institute for Oceanography, also dismissed the idea of attack by a great white. After he received measurements of Michelle's wounds, Rosenblatt stated, none of the marks on Michelle's body were caused by a white shark. If she had been bitten by a white shark, they most likely would have also found a great white tooth broken off into her body. He also went on to say, though, if a shark had taken her leg, it could only have been taken by a white shark. So if only a great white was capable of taking her leg, biting off her leg, but all of the evidence showed that she did not in fact come into contact with a great white shark, then her leg was not bit off by a great white shark, and her leg was removed by some other means. Exactly. But what? But what? Drunken boaters who didn't want to get in trouble? Well, okay, so I thought of this propeller thing when I was first hearing about this story, and 
I took a few sources before somebody else that was right that wrote an article brought it up about a propeller. Yeah. Or even mentioned that part of the quote. Yeah. They had the first part of of a Richard Collier's quote, but they didn't include the part about the boat propeller could have done that. Yeah. What's weird to me though is that you would think the medical examiner would have experience with some kind of propeller accident. Yeah, you'd expect that. So, I feel like if it was that, it, it kind of would have been obvious to people. So I took a look for myself, and you saw the pictures. Yeah, they were beautiful pictures. Yeah, I, I was looking at a lot of gore, trying to figure out what what does it look like when you get your leg caught in a boat propeller. Let me tell you, not great. No, no, think... The packaging of those, like, crescents, like Pillsbury crescents or whatever. Except the the dough is your flesh, and if you stuck, like, red jam in between... Yeah. ...where it was separated and sliced open... It looks bad. It looks really bad, but it, it has some defining characteristics. It certainly does. Which is why it doesn't quite match up with a boat propeller either i did find a picture where it wasn't a leg but it was somebody's arm who had been severed by a propeller and there was lots of ones that weren't only just those lacerations like one leg would be cut off and then a bunch of those lacerations but almost always even when there was a traumatic amputation there were some of those very um uniform deep skin lacerations yeah, along yeah. with it that so wouldn't it, it wasn't just yanking off a limb or cutting off a limb it was it was doing damage to other parts of the body that were still attached in yeah and either usually your upper or lower extremity depending on what part hit the propeller the number one scenario for this happening is people falling off a motorboat when it's taking a turn or it's moving oh. and you roll off backwards yeah I, you know, I never, I've been on those before, and I've never thought twice about a propeller. No, never. Like, I I wouldn't even be thinking about that at all. I'd be like, oh, well, I don't really want to fall in the water because, like, Puget sounds fucking cold. But I I wouldn't be like, yeah. now it's like, like, I don't want to get on a boat. Well, you just don't go off the back part of it. Well, yeah, but still, I don't want to get on a boat. (laughs) I don't want to get on a boat. I don't want to fall out of the boat. I don't want the boat to be around me. Another one was a ski jet versus boat. Oh, yeah. (sighs) See, it looks so fun. But then you think about, like, actually. Yeah, no. Maybe not worth the risk. Well, yeah, fun. But then you get, like, it it can't happen that often, though. It happens quite a lot. I was reading some statistics about it. It's pretty. And I wonder how much has to do with people getting wasted, too. Well, you know, most of the most propeller accidents happen in Florida. That didn't surprise me at all. No, that didn't surprise me either. I did find one where it was just one picture, so I don't know if there were any secondary marks, but it was her arm, but looking the same as the her thigh bone was described, Michelle's thigh bone. Yeah. Where it was severed and the bone is coming out at a little point. Yeah, yeah, like it had been twisted around and twisted and twisted and twisted and twisted and then... Like- that one was also different because... The lady who that had happened to, she wasn't in the water when she had the unfortunate collision with the propeller. Right. 
She was in the ocean, but on a sandbar. She was helping push the boat and then off of the sandbar. Yeah, and slipped and fell into the fucking propeller. My God, I can't even. But it was interesting, huh? And I and like I said, I don't know if she had secondary injuries because it was just the one picture of her arm, right? Where it's got the little pointy bone. Yeah, yeah. Although I can see how there wouldn't be any. Because you're not floating around, maybe. Exactly. Like, you're less, like, buoyant, so maybe another part doesn't just kind of, like, after it chops your arm up, you don't get your other arm, like, all getting up in there while you're struggling to break free in water. Yeah. No, it's 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 a lot simpler because you fall down, it cuts you, and you know how to roll. You can just roll away. You have, yeah, you've got like gravity. Like gravity, yeah. You're There's not... an up and a down and a left and a right, and not just, like, this mass of nothing. So I'm wondering if maybe something similar happened. Where she was out of the water and... Came into a propeller somehow. Man. Where it cut her leg off, but didn't... If she had the injuries that were typical of that, where they were all in the water, I'm sure that the medical examiner would have noticed that right away, and it would be on the report. There's no... She had traumatic, like, chunks taken out of her flesh, but... yeah. Those slices are pretty, those are pretty defined slices. Definitely. I mean, when you see those, you know what happened. There's yeah. one thing that makes those kinds of cuts. Exactly. And she didn't have anything on anywhere else on her body that yeah. was anything like that. So, kind of a tough one. Yeah. It's a thinker. Yeah. Definitely going to never look at... The Pillsbury biscuits are the same ever again. <laughs> yeah. Never going to look at a crescent and roll the same. No, never. Maybe we'll post those pictures in the strange space once uh, once we put this episode out. It's pretty unbelievable. Just like, damn, that's possible to do to a human. Yeah, like maybe just post the text and then put the pictures in the comments. That way people don't have to look at it if they don't want to. Right. It, it is, I mean, it's definitely one of the more gory things. It's, it's pretty it's, fucked up, yeah. It's cleaned up, at least. Yeah, like, it's there's, not, yeah. It's been cleaned of all its, like, gore, but just the level of destruction. It looks like... It's insane. Like, some sort of meat you'd see in the store. Like, a cut of meat. It's just... Yeah. It's not great. It's pretty bad. Not great. 14 years... After the preliminary exam and cause of death is issued, another medical examiner, Glenn Wagner, re-examines the case. And this guy is basically like, I don't know why you're making me do this. Brian Blackborn knew what he was doing. Of course. The only thing he comes up with is that she was definitely fed on after her death by sharks. Probably uh, the blue sharks, which isn't really any new information. Way to look into it there, slugger. So he's just half-assing it because he doesn't really want to do it. Exactly. He doesn't understand why people are being so pesky about it and yeah. won't, just won't let things go and just accept the fact that some shark that doesn't exist killed it's her. some woman who also... Yeah. The new air quotes information probably could only account for maybe some of that traumatic tissue loss. Yeah. Was actually them feeding on her after the fact and not 
chunks of her being pulled out by a great white. It doesn't explain her fucking leg, though, as far as I'm concerned. Right, no. Like, the leg is, like, never mentioned. Like, how did her leg get that way? Isn't this your job to find out? If the only thing that can take it off didn't take it off, and it's not, you didn't mistake it. Well, the only animal that could take it off. Yeah, yeah. The only animal that could take it off didn't take it off. And clearly the leg's not attached and you can see that then where the fuck did the leg go and how did it get removed especially removed in a way that's like that yeah where according according to the the shark expert had like a theory probably it's not his 40 but he said it, it it had to be a great twisting force which i can see yeah how did her fucking femur get twisted off? Your femur is as hard as cement, even harder than cement, I think. You know how fucking hard it is to actually do that to a person's femur? It's got to be damn near impossible. It's really difficult. It takes a huge amount of force. So where like maybe a great white. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we already ruled that out. Yeah, and the guy who no knows teeth. all about great whites maybe doesn't know so much about propellers right, or what right. else might have caused that other than the fact that this is the type of injury it's a twisting injury and something with great propellers twist propellers do tri- twist yeah and uh that was his kind of best guess and you know he's not a medical examiner we're not looking to yeah. you know have him issue a cause of death he's just the shark expert he's yeah. just the one who can say this was not the cause of death yes. for sure in this one limited field but yeah how come how come two different medical examiners can't figure out what the fuck happened to her goddamn leg? I, well, one, because they just wanted to close the case, I guess. I guess. It's one, like you can't a call fuck. a few colleagues. You can't. I, they don't have the World Wide Web at this point. Well, now that it's 11 years later, like 14 years later, 14 years later, that is what that's 14 years later from 1994 is what? 2008. 2008. Yeah. There's Internet available everywhere yes. now. Yes, iPhones have just come out, I believe. Maybe they came out a couple of years after that. You but can't do some searching. You can't make a phone call to like a colleague or to like a, who is like really good at like traumatic leg amputations and what causes it. like, come on, answers, yeah. answers. But he, I want answers. He just he just doesn't do anything. And he doesn't do anything. But there are a few theories. First is that she went into the water voluntarily. In this scenario, Michelle decides to go for a late-night swim. She takes off all her clothes. She gets in the water. She gets caught in a riptide and is so violently tossed against the rock that her neck breaks, her ribs and pelvis break before she comes into contact with the ocean floor, inhaling sand and water and drowning. Okay. Her body was then scavenged by several local blue sharks post-mortem how'd she lose the leg it doesn't explain the leg that's why that's one of the reasons it doesn't fit this is why it doesn't fit so that's fine but she's there's nothing that took off her leg in that scenario so also the water temperature that night was 59 degrees it would not seem likely that anyone want would want to swim in the water that was that cold yeah furthermore the night air that night was 57 degrees oh yeah no why would you want to go for a swim Mm-mm, that does not seem appealing at all no i am the type of person that is like yeah let me go swim naked 
in the ocean. Well, I mean, I tried it once and then there was the thing that touched me twice, but I wouldn't do it if it were 57 Cold, degrees no, yeah. at that. That's like, that's like going doing it around here. That's just dumb. It's like going down to Puget the Sound. The water like, oh, yeah, was I think actually I'll... warmer than the air, mm-hmm. and it was still cold. And it was, yeah. Yeah. Both under 60 degrees. And then if you live in San Diego, that's a very cold temperature It's for pretty you. chilly. It is that's pretty chilly. For San us, Diego is way down there. Yeah. It's, it's usually pretty warm. Yeah. And for us, 59 degrees is whatever. 59 degrees this morning when I left the house in a tank top and shorts. I still wouldn't go swimming in water if that was... No. No. And if you lived in San Diego, that's why she was wearing the jacket is because it was under 60 degrees. Yeah, that's why she, she had yeah. a fucking coat on. Yeah. So I, I don't see why you would want to go skinny dipping. And it's not even like a beachy beach. It, there's a lot of rocks and kelp and slime. It's one of those kind of rocky. It's it's got sand, but kind of only once you really get to the water. Yeah. Type. There's a lot of rocks and seaweed on that beach. Not the ideal place to go for a, a, a nice evening swim. Mm-mm, not at all. Plus, what the fuck happened to her clothes? Yeah. So her purse was found like two days after she was found. It was found sitting at the wall, like at the base of the wall of the cliff. So basically at the beach, like all the way to the end where the the cliffs start. Yeah. And it was just sitting there. And it was just sitting there. Just conveniently sitting there. It had all all of her $27 cash in there, her car keys, her makeup. All of her personal all of her shit. All of her shit was there. Yet, where the fuck are her clothes? If I am going to decide, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to strip down naked and go swimming, what the fuck? Are you going to take off your clothes inside the ocean and just leave them to Are you putting your clothes in your away? purse in separate locations? Like, why? No, What's, because what? what I would be doing, I would, I would, I mean, I know the beach gets windy. I can see some of it blowing away. Okay. But I would be taking my clothes off, and then I would be using my purse and my shoes to, like, anchor my clothes down And then also, if, underneath. It's, against, if it's against the cliff, you're going to get a lot less wind. Right. You're going to tuck it up against the cliff, but you're going to put, your I'm going to put my clothes yeah, yeah. under my purse so that they don't blow away. That's what I'm going to do if I voluntarily get into the water somewhere. Yes. Otherwise, where the fuck are her clothes? Yeah. She wasn't wearing any. Yeah. It's like, if somebody fucking murdered her, it's like, you're a fucking idiot. You know that? Just lucky that everyone else is too much of an idiot to, like, yeah. realize, like, hello. He's lucky that he's the smartest idiot. Exactly. Because it's like, did you just totally forget about that detail? You leave her purse conveniently there to make it look like she went in there voluntarily. Like, oh, I'm just going to set my purse over here. But, uh, you know, hey, my clothes are just going to magically fucking disappear. But never found. Never found. And we're talking whatever she was wearing, her jacket, her shoes. Fucking crazy. <laughs> it is fucking crazy. But her purse is just sitting there undisturbed with everything in it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why the whole she got into the water voluntarily doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's what the freaking medical examiner basically said, too. She was like, oh, no. Last thing at eight, she gets into the water about midnight. It's like, why the fuck did she get in the water? Here's another thing I'm really pissed about. He never did a rape kit on her. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why would you do that? She was found in the water. She was attacked by she sharks. She was attacked by a shark. Did you, I mean, how did she get naked in the water? Sharks do that. Right? Obviously. I would think that if a young woman is found naked 
anywhere dead. They should no matter what you think actually killed her, you should cover all your bases just in case. You don't know how she fucking got naked. Yeah. Cover and, your bases. Take a couple swabs. And nowadays Again, do your fucking job. And nowadays it is a higher possibility it would happen, but even still, it may not. It's like, why would I need to do that? I'm totally right. Yeah. I think. And even if I'm not sure I'm gonna act like I am. Yeah. It's a good way to conduct an investigation. Mm-hmm. No knowing about that aspect of it, whether she was assaulted in any way, but I definitely don't think she got into the water voluntarily. Whether I crossed that one off the list. It could have been even something, and that doesn't even necessarily mean foul play. I mean, not getting involuntarily means you could have fallen in somehow, too. That is theory number two, that she oh. fell from the cliffs. Michelle could have died falling or being pushed from sunset cliffs. The area is deteriorating sandstone. Oh, okay. So it's... It crumbles. Yeah. People venture out too far beyond the uh, point which it says don't go any further. They push their luck. It crumbles away. People have fallen to their deaths several times on those cliffs. Yeah, so that's not it would not be the all. It would not be the first time that this happened. The leg. The leg. All right, the fucking leg. The water and sand in her lungs... If the purse was all, right, all the way up I don't think to the cliff, then her falling... I mean, she'd have to fall a long ways to get to the ocean, it sounds like. Right. It's. I think it's a significantly far... You're going to hit the ground yeah. when you fall off the cliff. Yeah. Because there's a whole beach area. There's probably at least you know, 20, 30 feet. I don't know. I don't know. I've never been there, but from what I gather... It's not cliff and ocean. It's not, yeah, cliff that goes right into ocean. Cliff, beach, ocean. Exactly. And in order to... And still, falling off a cliff, you know, that doesn't cause your uh, leg to be, like, ripped off off and your bones sharpened to a point. Yeah, yeah. It could explain some of the other ones, but... It doesn't explain how she had water If you don't go into the water, it doesn't explain the sand and... She drowned. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Unless, I mean, unless this guy really doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but... Findings are findings. It was it was it was on paper that there sand was, was found. There was water in and, her yeah. lungs. There was sand in her lungs. There was sand in her throat. There was sand in her stomach. Yeah, yeah. Next theory: she was murdered. Now I read a million and one things about people making a huge deal about the fact that uh, she lived in a sketchy, kind of drug-riddled neighborhood that was nicknamed the War Zone. Yes, but. People can live in all kinds of shady places. That doesn't necessarily mean that where she lived had something to do with her. Because, again, she didn't die somewhere else and her body dumped in the ocean. Right. That couldn't have happened because she drowned. Again, they found specifically ocean water. Yeah, ocean water and sand. Like, unless someone took sand and ocean water and put it in a bathtub and drowned her in a bathtub in their house and then tore off her leg and dumped her in on the beach, which... You know, probably didn't happen. Yeah, that's that's an awful lot to make it look like she drowned in the ocean when you probably could just drown her. Yes, yes. So really, in my opinion, it doesn't matter what kind of neighborhood she lived in. She was killed in the ocean. She was killed there. That is where she died. That is irrefutable. She was not killed by a shark, but she died there. Let's just for a minute... Put aside the broken neck, the ripped apart pelvis, the broken ribs, the 
missing leg with the sharpened bone. Let's just forget about how all that actually happened and just focus like who might have killed her if she was killed. Okay. Because again, I am thinking, I think some kind of foul play was involved. So I can't explain the injuries, but she dra- the, the fact that she was found naked is my number, and her clothes were nowhere to be found. That's yeah, my number yeah. one reason for thinking foul play was involved. That did, her purse was right there, but her clothes were nowhere to be found. Did she owe anybody money? No, but she had some creepers in her life. Oh, yeah? Unfortunately. It's about to get gross. Just letting you know. Oh, good. Because before, <laughs> it wasn't gross. Well, this is going to be gross in a, a different kind of way. Okay. Um, emotionally gross? Yes, exactly. There are a couple of winners that were never officially made suspects, but... If you had to pick Officially a did some weird shit, that's for sure. First guy is Edwin Decker. Edwin Decker. He was a co-worker of Michelle's at the bar that adjoined the coffee shop. So there was like a bar and the same dude owned a coffee shop that was next door. Okay. Edwin worked at the bar. Michelle worked at the coffee shop. Okay. This was prior to her getting the job at the stationery store. When questioned, Decker claimed that Michelle had a quote unquote hippie vibe and liked to surf naked. Totally. None of her friends agreed with him. <laughs> there is a lifeguard who anonymously made a report to someone or another that he thinks that he had seen Michelle swimming seven months earlier in the ocean topless with a guy. Okay. He just. But he wouldn't give his name. And he. Okay. All right. And again, he said that she was topless, not naked, and she wasn't surfing. No one had ever known her to surf. Like, this guy's the only one who ever mentioned her and surfing in the right. same sentence. Like, what, what a thing to say. Why would you say that unless maybe you're just trying to, like, throw something out there that, as to why she might have been found in the ocean naked? Like, that's, oh, here's an explanation. She liked to surf naked. She was a real hippie. That's, that's the fantasy that he has on his head, in his head. That's like if she died in a fire and he'd be like, she really loved to play with matches. She had a thing for fire. She smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. She smoked in bed, like, a lot. Fell asleep with cigarettes all the time. It's a real problem. Mm-hmm. I told her, I told her, you know, one of these days. <laughs> Nick, it's better, though, with this guy. Decker claimed that the last time he saw Michelle was about 5 a.m. the morning of the night before she's So basically, 5 a.m. goes out with her friend at 8 p.m. later that evening. Okay, so... And that's when she goes missing. So he saw her the very first thing in the morning after spending the previous night with her because he had finally convinced her to go out with him. Okay. So... It's like, why was this kind of looked at he was with her the morning, the, the last morning she was seen alive. Yes. Okay. And the night before that. Allegedly. They were walking back to his place the night before. Right. And this is, this is, I'm stating this in his words exactly, just so you know. A car drove up beside us. It was the bouncer from Winston's. That was the bar that he worked at. Okay. That was next door to the coffee shop. Yeah. Who was still supposed to be at the bar working. He pulled over nearly in tears and said that Bill Winston had just fired him. Apparently, just after we left, some guy came in and started some shit. 
I guess the doorman was unable to handle the situation, and Guy ripped the front door off the hinges. Bill told him, you're the doorman. At the very least, you have to protect the door, and sent him packing. (laughs) Anyway, so there he is in his car on the side of the road, this big guy fighting back the tears and asks if he can come over with us. Wow. Talk about a cock block. So he's finally, like, walking back to his place with her, finally convinced And then some other co-worker is just like, I'm having an emotional... Thing. Can I third wheel with you guys? And he's just like, God damn it. The ex doorman settled in for the night. He drank beers until he passed out. So Michelle and I went for it, kissing and groping, second base stuff only. And he would wake up every 15 minutes and grumble, I gotta go to work, and then pass out again. They drank until dawn. They exchanged numbers, according to him. And at 5 a.m. the morning of April 14th, Michelle took a cab the short distance uh, back to her apartment. And Decker never heard from her again. Okay. Here he goes on to say, there was a total intellectual connection. I felt like there was an emotional connection, too. At least on my part, there was. And we also had a physical connection. He was certain that she would call him soon. And when she didn't, he said, I was so bummed when a couple of days went by and she hadn't called. I was about to give up on the idea. I'm feeling like all these connections are pretty one-sided, like, in his head. It could well be. Did the bouncer, was that bouncer ever able to corroborate any part of the story? I don't think so. I think he's probably like, yeah, I, I think I passed out. I but he did. Yeah, he I was, think he was there. I think he's not lying about that yeah. part. Once news broke about her death, he wrote a poem about oh, Michelle. That's Do you want to hear the poem? That's touching and in please, please. Oh, it's touching. It's called Shark Attack. He later will publish this poem. Oh. Along with a collection of his poetry, a whole collection called, titled Barzilla and the Other Psalms. I think he's just trying to be super witty when he's just a total piece of shit creep. Barzilla Barzilla. and the Other Psalms. Yeah. Here's the poem. I'm listening. The report said that there was a tattoo, a butterfly on her shoulder which I remembered that night on my couch when I, like the shark, chewed on her lips and took off her shirt. Wow. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? He is real great. Like, do you That's not get how fucking creepy that is? Yeah, that's uh, a bit inappropriate. Just slightly. <laughs> Fuck. And all your connection talk. Okay. Either he had this whole thing going on and he did something to her. I mean, he just spent the night with her the night before she goes missing. Yeah. I don't know why the cops did not look at him harder. He's actually one of the ones who advocated to have her case reopened. And that does nothing for me to convince me that he didn't have something to do with it. Because so many times it's the person that's wants to be all in on everything and insert themselves into the investigation that is the one who fucking did it. 
because he thinks it's like, oh, well, if I if I'm right here, then mm-hmm. they won't suspect me because I'm helping or I'll know what's happening. So I'll be able to point the investigation away from right. Me. Mostly just because I think that'll work because I'm like a narcissist, a narcissist and an idiot. You know, I already left her purse with no clothes. I mean, right. Jesus, fuck, may as well sit there and pester the police about taking hey another look. And they're just like, oh, OK, he's just trying to be helpful. Did you right. read the poem? He really liked her. <laughs> it's a beautiful poem. God, God, my fucking God. Like, <laughs> <sighs> this is like seriously some shaking my head shit right here like as a woman reading this i'm just like like what the fuck why would this uh, how did any of this fly i know how can anyone whose job it is to speak for these people who can no longer speak for themselves and get justice for these people how can they sleep at night doing such piss poor work not putting in like a few extra minutes to try and like actually figure out what happened yes yes especially when all these experts in all these fields are saying this doesn't work and when i mean admit when you don't know something it's fine yeah get like hey i'm gonna need to call in some outside resources i'm stumped here that are happy to help you and it's not gonna be some you're not you're not against some kind of paywall you can't afford. It's just be like, oh hey, oh yeah, no, it's it's. I happened to one time in my career see an injury just like this, and let me tell you what it ended up being. Could Ex- this have possibly happened in your neck of the woods? Yeah. Hey, like, come on, how hard is that? Fuck. And so they still still knowing it's just. Oh yeah, no, still still there's 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 nothing. Now even if the creepiest guy on the fucking planet, Mister Douchebag chewing on her fucking lips like the shark i just and then you published this that's like you read it to like other people and like produced it in mass print at least that's just bad and like thinking this is okay so even if he didn't have anything to do with it he's still definitely one of these like horrible loser types that has to hype up a relationship with somebody who is dead for attention and to give like meaning and validation to their life. And I fucking hate people like that. I've had to deal with people like that. He's at least doing that exact thing. He's at least guilty of being a bad poet. Uh, Definitely guilty of being a bad poet. He should serve jail time for that. poem. (laughs) Okay. Like that, that poem should require something like some kind of therapy or community service to be done. At least clean up libraries pick up garbage off the road because that's where your fucking poem belongs let me tell you (laughs) damn sorry i'm just not a fan no that's i mean not a fan (laughs) suspect number two is an unidentified man all right mystery man an unidentified man when Michelle applied for the job at the stationery store, she told Denise Knox, her the boss at the stationery store, that one of the reasons she quit the job at the coffee shop was because she was being stalked by this guy. She didn't say who he was. She didn't even know what his name was. Yeah, only was that he was some random stalker. Customer that came in and was just a stalkery fuck. The one thing she did know about him was that he rode a motorcycle. 
Which is, you know, that's real specific. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'm sure there's a lot of motorcycles in San Diego. The weather's mm-hmm. right The weather, for it. yeah. Don't have to, like, be off of it or freezing your ass off half the year to ride. Yeah. That's one of them year-round riding places. Exactly. Now, just mentioned about people, particular people that I really can't stand. The ones that insinuate themselves into the life of dead people to give their own life fucking meaning because apparently they just can't do that some kind of value to themselves and others yep let's say a few words about michelle's former boss all right there's a lot said about her like like saying the same things like it's you know it's like anything else out there there's all these stories and news articles all kind of saying the same thing but a little bit different yeah yeah and i don't know i don't know if anybody else out there caught a weird vibe from her Certainly not one that was expressed. People were very vocal about the weirdness of Edwin Decker. Yeah. But, I mean, how do you not pick up on that? (laughs) But her boss is really weird. Really? She wasn't working for her for a very long time. Like, I get hearing the news and knowing she didn't show up for work and going to ID her. That's not... That's not great. That's doing the right thing and making sure, like, oh, hey, that could be my employee. But, but not great, I mean, as far as your emotional state, I'm sure. Absolutely. But get this, she has, like, a folder that she keeps, like, all the newspaper clippings from the case in, in that folder. She also has her original job application that Michelle filled out Oh, when she got the job there. All right. And she has a photocopy of the autopsy report. The photocopy of the autopsy report she claims she got from a local, this weird guy who just randomly comes into her shop and demanded that she make several photocopies of this autopsy report. Weird. And she tells everyone that this guy also drove a motorcycle. Oh. She kept a copy for herself when she was making all these copies of her employee's autopsy report to some random stranger on a motorcycle i mean is anyone else like i mean that just seems like a lie to me like maybe michelle said that she was being stalked by somebody on a motorcycle but then now she's like and then the guy was riding on a motorcycle he came in and he had copies of her autopsy okay if this was the stalker number one he would know that that's where she worked why the fuck would you go into a stationary store where you knew she worked and demand that copies be made there don't they have a fucking kinko's around if you don't know that she worked there you're being a really bad stalker like you're not you're not doing it right did you like lose her on your lunch break or something like yeah it seems like Like none of that makes sense at all that seems like something sensational she's just lying about i don't know if anyone else saw him i I can't 100 percent say she's lying or not but it's like what the fucking fuck I mean, if what kind of stalker is going to not know where their victim works? And why would you come and get a, a copy of her autopsy report and come and in and make copies? copies? But like, what the shit? Like, what are you, why are you making the copies? Apparently, on the copy, one of the articles, it said in his big writing, there's writing on there. We don't know whose writing that is, but on the copy of the autopsy report that she stole for her from herself when she was making all these copies for this random guy, it says, blue sharks, question mark, bullshit, exclamation point. 
It's like she could have written that herself and gone. Yeah. That just, none of that makes sense. And everyone kind of reported on the, oh, and like, here's Suspect Number Two. And later he would show up, like, kind of like, like they just bought it hook, line, and singer. Yeah. Like, they're just totally like. But did he? But did he really? Like, I can believe that maybe she thought she was being stalked by a customer on a motorcycle. But yeah. then, she, and she tells her boss this, her new boss this, when she starts working there shortly yeah. after she's killed. And then the new boss. Suddenly, that guy's showing up at the new at the new work and demanding and ma- demanding copies. Photocopies. Yeah, it's just it's like were you just not getting enough attention, and you needed to add a little bit to this? Maybe that's what I feel like. I'm not thinking in that in your opinion. That's in yeah. In my opinion, that's what I think. I yeah. don't think that she really had anything to do with her death, but she definitely like leached on to the attention she got resulting it yeah yeah what kind of person does something like that the kind of person who enjoyed getting the attention from it and decided they wanted more yeah yeah that'll happen to people yes it will that's the same reason that people will admit to crimes they did not and could not commit and that's pretty much it that's all i really have on the death of michelle von amster nothing that really adds up one thing is for sure it was not a shark. I can't rule out a bottom feeder of some type, but... Not of the guild variety. Exactly. And as far as the... Like, legally is concerned, the case has been closed. The case is closed. Yeah. So They're not opening it back up. Not no. anytime soon. No, not under no. whoever's watch is there now. And probably wow. whoever comes up next. Yeah. Unless it's somebody who actually, like, cares about, like, crime victims. Yeah, Or potential probably, crime vic- victims. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's some of the other thing, like little things floating around was a car hit her and knocked her off the cliff. How she lost the leg. I mean, I guess they could have run over her leg. Maybe. Maybe. Somehow. But I just don't. I, mean, I still feel like that wouldn't create an injury like that. Yeah. That's really what gets me is how the fuck it's did she the lose leg. her leg? The because leg is the one that's the big mystery. The easiest answer is not the one that it is. So exactly. it's weird. It's super weird. It is weird. And then everything else there was. Well, maybe she was on a boat. She was on a boat. She fell out of a boat or she was pushed off a boat. But again, I saw enough people in the water hitting a propeller where it just. There was not just the one injury. There was not just the one injury. There was a lot of carnage. Maybe it makes a difference if you're, if it's postmortem. Maybe they were wrong about it happening first. Yeah, who knows? I mean, she could have been drowned her body put out to sea and then she floats along and ends up randomly hitting some propeller and some guy doesn't know it because, you know, she's like under the water. Just feels a thump and yeah, and then that's could be it. anything. Could and be then anything. that's yeah. it. Yeah. That, it could have been something as, as simple as that. But. But since nobody really wanted to get. We don't know. Thorough. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't know. Definitely some weird, creepy People may or may not be involved, and and that's that. That's that. That is the the story of uh, the tragic death of Michelle Van Emster, twenty five years old. And drowning's not a good way to go, no matter how it happens. That's true. And it's unfortunate that that it did. That it did. And that'll conclude our Shark Week episode. Hope you enjoyed all the gore. 
go ahead and check out the podcast network we're a part of. That is Age of Radio, which can be found at ageofradio.org. Many, many great podcasts for you to listen to on there, so you can catch up on some true crime and what have you in between listening to us. You can go to our Twitter account, where we don't ever check it, at underscore Stranger Than. Instagram and Spotify and Facebook can all be found at Stranger Than Podcast. We also have our Strange Space group on Facebook. Come join us. It's fun. You may see some gory-ass pictures of some people that got fucked up by uh, propellers. And memes as well. And there's also memes. To our current members of our group, please feel free to share any time. Yeah. Anything. Anything. That's what the group is there. It's it's I mean, I love to I love to post my memes, but feel free to post your own at any time. It's not like you, know, you can't because you we're can. fine with it. And yeah. we and, and we want you to. You can check out our show page at ageofradio.org slash stranger than. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash stranger than podcast. This is where you can donate money to us on a monthly basis for extra episodes at a $5 level. Uh, You'll get stickers and uh, show notes and uh, stuff of that nature. Email us at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your ghost stories. Tell us your alien stories. Tell us whatever weird stories you have within reason. Right. I was going to say, let's not get to... I think I've had enough... Of that kind of weird for yeah. a bit. At least wait a while. <laughs> Let me wash off the weirdness. Weird paranormally, supernaturally kind of stuff. Not weird penisy kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you want to buy some merch, check us out. tpublic.com slash user slash stranger than podcast. We have all manner of things there. T-shirts are included. Also, you can go to iTunes and rate and review us. Five stars is nice, but, you know, whatever. A review is awesome, too. Yes, review is awesome, too. We'd really appreciate it. And with that, we will talk to you next time. And stay strange. 